Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. And today we're happy to welcome a guest to discuss a topic that has recently come to the forefront and a solution to this potential problem as well. This guest is a VP of marketing at Clean.io. Clean.io is the market leader in digital engagement security solution used by businesses looking to optimize their revenue and buyer experience by taking back control over third-party code on their website. In addition, this guest is the host of the long-running Inbound Success podcast and was named by TopRank as one of the 50 top B2B marketing influencers of 2019. She is Kathleen Booth. How are you today, Kathleen? I'm great. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, we're glad to have you. Now, before we dive into today's topic, which is blocking coupon discount extensions, what you need to know, let's first hear your backstory and what ultimately led you to what you were doing right now. Well, I have sort of a crazy story. It's definitely not what you might expect. Um, I, uh, I, I spent many years working in a different industry, international development, um, and sort of had a mid-career pivot when I had children. I had way back uh, in the day, I had done my MBA in marketing. And when I had kids and could no longer travel all over the world for my other career, I got back to my roots in marketing. And my husband and I started a digital marketing agency, which we owned for 11 years. And we sold it in 2017. And since then, I've worked in a series of uh, startups as the generally the first head of marketing. Um, as somebody who used to own a business, I, I love the startup world. And so I tend to to really focus there. And now I'm at clean.io, as you said, and, and really focused on um, helping e-commerce brands get control over uh, their user experience and revenue. Great. And where is clean.io based out of? We're in Baltimore. Baltimore. And you're in Baltimore as well? I am actually in Annapolis, Maryland, which Annapolis. is about 20 minutes outside of Baltimore. And of course, in true COVID style, I, I've been working at clean.io for almost a year, and I think I've been in the office twice. So, Yeah, that's, that's one thing about our current environment is you don't even have to really be close to work there. It's true. Now, our subject today, blocking coupon discount extensions. Now, I think most people listening probably know what that is, what what those coupon discount extensions are, whether it be Honey or or Capital One Shopping. But for those who who may be unclear, can you describe what this extent what these extensions are and and what they do? Sure, and you know it's really interesting because what I've learned about this is that I think a lot of people are familiar with extensions as shoppers, right? Like many mm -hmm. of us have used these products, but. And, and many e-commerce brands have come across them, but, but not a lot of them really understand how they work. So 
to sort of back up, um, coupon extensions are literally uh, browser extensions. So, you know, if you're using your, we'll use Chrome as an example, you're browsing the internet on Chrome, you go to the Chrome web store, you download the, in this case, it could be Honey, it could be Capital One Shopping or any any one of a handful of other extensions and you install it in your Chrome browser. And there are many browsers and they have versions for each type. Uh, and what happens is when you go to uh, an e-commerce website and you're shopping and you put some things in your shopping cart, the extension will automatically pop up and will say something along the lines of, hey, Andy, we've got 10 coupons for this site. We think we can save you you know, 20%. Would you like us to try them? And of course, what shopper in their right mind would say no. So you hit a button and say yes. And the extension then will auto inject all 10 or however many coupon codes it has into the discount code field in the checkout cart. And it will test each of those codes, see how big of a discount it gives you. And then it will basically pick a winner, the one that gives you the largest discount. And it will populate that in your cart. And then it will let you know, you know, we've saved you 20% or 30% or whatever that amount is. Um, that's how they work. And that's why shoppers love them. There are some extensions, an increasing number of them that will also, if you're on a site, uh, say, for example, if they see that you have something in your cart, maybe it's a pair of running sneakers, they will scan uh, all, the, all of the information they have about the other sites that are selling that same product. And many of them will then say, hey, we think we can get this for you at a better price on some other website. Would you like us to take you there? So again, for shoppers, it just sounds wonderful because you barely have to do anything and you can save all this money and you know you're getting the best price. What many e-commerce brands don't understand, and in fact, I think shoppers don't understand, is is kind of like how, how they get those codes and that information and what harm it does. Um, so the, you know, codes, the, these, these extensions get discount codes in a variety of ways. They can be manually submitted. So a user can go into the website of the extension and, and say, Hey, here's a code that I, that I want you to have and share with your other users. Or if I'm a customer who legitimately has been given a code, I go to the site of my favorite retailer and I have that extension present in my browser and I type that code in, the extension then scrapes it ah. and gives it to everybody. Ah, okay. Now, how, how do they make money? Because I, I have Honey, I, I don't have Capital One installed on my own browser. How, how do they make money, do you know? Yes, so they are basically affiliates and they make money when people use their extension uh, on a site and then they get paid a percentage of that sale, just like any affiliate would. Even though they're not really driving the traffic. You know, it's this is where I think the debate comes in. There are many brands that believe that these extensions are very good for their websites and they believe they drive a lot of traffic. Um, I, I personally don't believe that um, because I, you know, in, in, in so many cases, they're popping up at checkout when somebody's already put things in their cart. And so they're, you know, they've shown all signs that they're a high intent shopper that they're going to convert. So the question is really, you know, what value are they adding? Uh, they may not be driving shoppers to your site, but maybe they're pushing them over the edge, just that little bit needed to, to complete their cart. Um, there's a lot of debate about that. We're collecting a lot of data on it, but you know, 
yes, whether they drive the traffic or not, they get credit um, because they take what is in effect like a last click attribution. Um, sure. And what's what's really kind of harmful about that is that it, in many cases, it, it erroneously reports what's driving traffic. So you might have a legitimate, uh, like an influencer you're partnering with, or you might have given the code to uh, you know, uh, you might be advertising on a podcast and sharing the code there. There are many ways that, that businesses get their codes out. Um, and when a shopper comes to the site and they may have even entered a code they, they got from your legitimate affiliate or your podcast ad, but then if they have that extension and it says, we think we can save you X and they let it auto inject, it's going to get credit for that sale. Interesting. Now, honey, capital one, are there others or is it mainly those two? Oh, there are so many others. And it's just, it's fascinating because literally almost every day I see a new one. In fact, this morning I slacked my team and I said, hey, here's another one I just heard of. Um, there are a lot of them, but there is wait, no wait, doubt. Wait. Did you say you slapped your team? Oh, sorry, Slack. Uh, I oh, messaged okay. my team through Slack. No, I did not slap my team. <laughs> so they run, a, they run a tough organization over there. Yes, no, no, no. There will be oh. no beatings. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Honey and Capital One Shopping are without a doubt the 800 pound gorillas in the space. Like they, we, we have a lot of data because our script is on some, you know, quite a few e-commerce websites. And so we see which extensions people are using. And by far the vast majority come from those two. Honey and Capital One. Yeah. And it makes sense because, um, you know, Honey is owned by PayPal, which paid, I think it was like $4 billion for it. Um, and Capital One Shopping, which used to be called Wikibuy, obviously is owned by Capital One. And so the two of them have very, very deep pockets and are doing a lot of aggressive advertising, like John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson are appearing in their ads. Like they're, they're going after new users pretty okay. uh, aggressively. Now, speaking of Capital One, I got to get it out there. There's no personal beef with Jennifer Gardner here. I love Jennifer Gardner. <laughs> And she's not pushing. Well, I don't know if she's pushing the shopping extension. She's usually pushing the credit card. Or the, the credit account. card. That's right. That's right. Um, but if she starts pushing the extension, we might have a beef. <laughs> but no, not no beef against Jennifer Gardner. So, so let me ask: Why should retailers really be concerned about these coupon extensions? So there are a couple of reasons, um, and I'll break them down for you. Okay. I think first and foremost the most important one is profit margin. Um, if you have customers coming to your website who are putting items in their carts, fully intending to buy those things at whatever you know price, full price you've advertised on your site, um, what these extensions do when they pop up at checkout is they, they take a hit on your margins unnecessarily. It's essentially incremental profit margin loss because it's taking money away from a sale that otherwise would have gone through at full price. Um, so that's number one. Number two, they really mess with your marketing attribution. So I'm a marketer. This, of course, is top of mind for me. But you know, one of the big reasons to use coupon codes is it's a very easy, simple way to track what's working from a marketing standpoint. You, you know, you put a code on a postcard, you put a code in a podcast advertisement, you give a code to an influencer or an affiliate. 
when those codes are used on your site, in theory, you should be able to track that, that revenue right back to the source of, of who's, who was given that code to share. When the coupon extensions are present, you can't trust any of that information because as soon as those codes get used, it seems they immediately are scraped and shared by the extensions. And so your, your marketing data is, is untrustworthy and that makes it very, very difficult to know what's working and where you should put your marketing dollars as a business. Um, it's also the, the uh, other implication of that is if you are doing affiliate or influencer marketing and you're doing that with codes, you might be double paying because you, you, or, or you may pay your affiliate or influencer for sales that they did not drive because if their code is leaked and gets into an extension, mm. you know, all of a sudden you might see a massive uptick in usage of that code. And if you're comping that person based on a percentage of those sales, you could very well be paying them a large amount of money for business that they did not drive. Um, and, you know, then I would say then the other issue is also just um, time. You know, I, I spoke to one of our customers the other day and he told me he spent at least an hour every week just dealing with this problem, chasing down codes that had leaked, shutting them down, issuing new ones, changing out, you know, the, where the codes were posted on his website. It is a massive, massive headache. And s many brands have gone so far as to stop doing affiliate and influencer marketing because the code issue was such a problem. So they would wow. put a halt on those programs. And that really kind of ties your hands behind your back from a marketing standpoint as a brand. So there are a number of ways that it hurts brands. And I think there's a lot of education needed around exactly why it's a problem. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big believer in the statement, what gets measured gets improved. And so if you can't measure it, how are you going to improve your marketing or, or even know what works that is an issue. Now, Clean.io, it says on the website, it's a digital engagement security platform. Yeah. What so, the heck is that? <laughs> so, you know, when you just think about the way the world has evolved, um, when, you know, traditionally as brands, as retailers, when we did business, a lot of it was brick and mortar and, you know, at the heart of any business, whether you're in e-commerce or B2B or any other sector, at the heart of it is we're all selling trust. Um, it doesn't matter what your product is. If somebody doesn't trust you, they're not going to buy from you. And so with traditional brick and mortar retail, somebody walks in your store and the way you build trust is through the physical environment of the store. It's through the people that greet your, your customers. It's through the experience they have shopping, et cetera. And you have a lot of control over that in a physical location. Today with e-commerce, that relationship has shifted online. And so the way we build trust with our customers is very different. And you know, for the most part, we control our websites, which is great. And the website has replaced the physical store. But I say for the most part, because the reality is that the way the modern internet works, when we design websites, we're sort of like forced to allow a lot of third-party code into our site, whether that is a plugin or an app or very interestingly, you know, browser extensions, browser extensions are not something that we even let in as businesses. Um, they are what's called a client side injection. So mm -hmm. client being the visitor to your website. 
Uh, and because of that, because they live on the client side and they're in the browser, they actually have a higher level of permission to, to execute on your site. And this is something not a lot of, of brands understand. That's why it's such a problem and so hard to stop. And so digital engagement security is about, is about looking at the engagements we have with our customers, recognizing that they're happening today in the digital world and, and securing those engagements so that we have control over them and we can build a, like a digital way of interacting that, that inspires trust and leads to a great user experience and ultimately helps us grow our revenue. You made some great points there. One thing I really liked is when you said, if someone doesn't trust you, they won't buy for you, from you. And I had a conversation earlier today with somebody in the university regarding just that in the issue of conversion rates and how do you increase your conversion rate on your website and trust was the topic of that conversation. So I loved how you put that in there. Let, let me ask you one thing. Why can't online retailers prevent these coupon extensions? Is, is there a way for them or can they? Can they opt out of them or, or how does that look? That is a great question. And, you know, this is, this is something that's really just kind of become a problem in the last few years. And when I talk to retailers and they say they're experiencing this problem, generally their first attempt, you know, you can't, you can't control typically whether a browser extension is used on your website because the control over that lies with the, the visitor to your site. That's the first problem. So what generally brands have tried to do is reach out directly to these coupon extension companies. For example, we'll just use Honey. And I've spoken to plenty of online retailers who've, who've written to Honey and they've said, hey, somehow or another, a limited use code that I have has gotten on your site. Like hey, I had one- Hey, Honey, what, I don't want to be in your system like that. Yeah, exactly. I had one, I had one customer who told me that she has wholesale customers. She's in the home decor uh, industry and, and some of her customers are in the trade and get a trade discount on her site. And she didn't want to have a wholesale site and a retail site. So she was offering coupon codes as a way for her trade customers to get their discount. And those trade discounts were leaking and retail customers mm. were basically getting wholesale prices, huge problem. So she would reach out to Honey and say, we need to get these codes taken off and, and honey. And, and I just say, honey, it could be any of them, but the response is typically no problem. We have a partner program. If you join our partner program, that'll give you much more control over codes mm. on your site. But of course, what they're not saying and what that means is by joining the partner program, you are joining their affiliate program. And that means that every time those co they, codes are used on your site, you're paying them a cut. Mm, that's in addition, how they're making the money. Right. In addition to taking the hit on the margin through the discount that the code is offering. And so, you know, a lot of the retailers I've spoken with feel like it's like a form of extortion. It's kind of like how restaurants have felt about Yelp in the past. I was just they... going to mention Yelp. It yeah. Sounds like it's I, this... It sounds like Yelp reviews. It, it's very similar. And so th there are a lot of strong feelings about this within the e-commerce world and, you know, merchants saying, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to let you force me into this, this program that I don't want to be a part of. And so, so, uh, you know, we, obviously the reason I'm here talking about it is we have a product called clean cart that we've just come out with that currently is available for Shopify plus users that, that e-commerce brands can install on their sites. 
and it doesn't prevent anybody from entering a coupon code, but what it does is it prevents the extension from auto injecting the codes at checkout. And so it just sort of helps to level the playing field and it particularly helps avoid the codes that have been scraped being used by people who shouldn't have them. So your customers that have legitimately received codes can still come and type them in, but those other folks that weren't legitimately given codes maybe have a little bit more of a barrier to, to using them. So with, with this product, it doesn't let them auto inject. So it really, they're not going to be able to use like honey. It's not automatically inserting the code or how does. Correct. It, it, somebody that their extension will pop up. So the user experience for the website visitor is they come to your site, they put their stuff in the cart, they go to checkout, the extension pops up. And what it says is you already have the best deal basically. So oh, it doesn't okay. really interrupt the user experience. Now, if somebody, if that person then goes to the Honey website and manually searches for codes, mm -hmm. they could still certainly pull those codes and, and manually enter them in. But there's, you know, there's a bit of the laziness factor, the human nature factor, where a lot of people aren't going to do that. And so, you know, we're, we're not stopping the problem altogether, but we're dramatically making a dent in it and, and giving e-commerce brands a little bit more kind of uh, uh, ammunition to control how their codes are used. Sure, and I, I would say it's probably way beyond a lot. I would say, I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing it's got to be high 90% of people aren't going to, they're just going to assume that Honey, if they're relying on that, is finding them the best deal. They're not going to double check, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any specific data on what the drop-off percentage is, um, but I like I just know human nature, and I, I would guess that it's a large percentage as well. Now, I'm still trying to get to the bottom line on how how big a problem this is. Do you do you have any information on, you know, on average how much money retailers are currently losing to these to these coupon extensions? Yeah. So of course, I'm, I'm sure it won't come as a surprise to you that my answer is it depends. Um, but I can dig in a little bit further and, and share some kind of factoids with you. So it depends obviously on how large of a percentage discount brands have been giving with their coupon codes. So then, you know, if those codes leak, obviously it's a big difference between if it's a 10% code or a 40% code. So that's one factor. And then there's also the issue of how big is the average transaction, uh, the average cart value on their website. So we work with a lot of different brands and I've seen pretty much every flavor of this. And what I can share with you are some examples. So we have we have uh, a couple of brands that have higher average uh, cart values. One is in the fitness equipment space. Another one is in the furniture space. And so for those companies, they might save an, um, like four to $500 on a single transaction by blocking coupon codes. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we have another customer who has very small average cart values, but a lot of volume. And so each transaction, they might only be saving seven to $10, but with the volume they're doing, it adds up to a really significant amount of money on a weekly and monthly basis. And so, you know, you can kind of see how, how it's going to be different for every retailer. It's also, it is somewhat dependent upon who your target audience is, because my experience has been that these extensions are more popular amongst a younger demographic. And that's changing. 
as, as they throw more advertising dollars behind them. So we found, for example, like fashion and lifestyle brands or makeup companies tend to have really big problems. Um, home decor seems to be particularly prone to it. So certain industries have it worse than others, for sure. Now, before we get into your solution, I usually have been liking to play a game like halfway in between. Are, are you up for a game I've been playing? I love it. Let's do it. Okay. So it's just a word association game kind of gets where you are um, in your thought pattern. And I just say a word and you're going to respond with the first word that pops in your head. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Run. Fast. Stop. Go. Fun. Times. All right. Now those are all easy. Let's get into some business terms. Business. Hard. <laughs> Success. Wonderful. Family. Happy. Email. A lot. Promote. Marketing. Gratitude. Thankful. Wealth. Money. Clarity. Truth. Growth. Success. Nice. That's it. I think you passed. So I have to clarify the reason I said hard. I think it was, what was the word that I said that against? Business. business. Ah, it's because I owned my own business for 11 years and, and I loved it. It was an amazing experience, but being an entrepreneur is one of the hardest things that, that you'll ever do. And, and one of the most wonderful things, but just to clarify, that's why I said hard against business. No, that makes sense. And you know, going from an entrepreneur to, to work in for a company, have you lost any area of motivation? What, I mean, nowadays, what, what gets you, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, I haven't lost it at all. In fact, that's the reason that I have become kind of a serial startup marketer. I, um, since I've sold my business, I've, I've worked in-house at a variety of companies, all of which are, you know, startups that, and in recent years, startups that are venture backed, that have really aggressive growth goals, because, you know, when I, when I, my true entrepreneur's heart it loves growing things and loves a big challenge. And so I tend to come into these companies as the first head of marketing. And for me, it's like building a business within a business. You know, I come in and there is no marketing. So I have to build the strategy, the processes, I have to hire the team. Um, I love that so much. I, I don't think I could ever work at a large fortune 500 company just because I, I love the growth phase. Now, before we uh, get more into that, I would really wanted to talk about the solution because it, it sounds like it, it does offer a great solution. Um, you said the compatibility though, it's, it's available for shopping plus store Shopify plus stores. Currently it is a private app for Shopify plus websites. And we uh, are, moving as fast as we can to make it available for other platforms. Our intent is to roll it out very broadly. So like we'd love to make it available for a regular Shopify, for mm -hmm. big commerce, WooCommerce, Magento, like you name it, we'd love to have it available. So what um, I tell people is that, you know, go to our website and it's called clean cart. You'll find it on our site. And if you go there, you can fill out a form if you're Shopify plus for a 14 day free trial. If you're not on Shopify plus fill out the form anyway, or, and soon we'll actually have a separate form for anybody who's not Shopify plus because we're building a wait list. And as soon as we make it, 
the product available for whatever platform you're on, we'll send you an email and let you know. Okay, great. So you're, you're actively working on it. Now, how does somebody know that they might need your service? Is it excessive coupon use? Is they see coupons coming in and they're like, where the hell did that come from? I mean, where, you know, how, how do they know if they, they used your, if they need your service? Yeah, typically what we see is that retailers are using coupon codes and they start to notice that all of a sudden there are unusual spikes in usage of particular codes that can't be explained. You know, so sometimes you have a spike in code usage because of a particular campaign, you know, maybe a big email went out or an influencer mentioned you on social. Those are explainable spikes, but when you have unexplainable spikes, many times it's because your code has leaked and it's pretty easy to figure it out because you can just go to the websites of these extensions and usually there's a page for every company. You go to your page and you see your codes on there and it's very clear what's happened. And so if you're seeing those unusual spikes, then it's probably because your codes have gotten out. Now, what is the benefit to using your service over just canceling that code once you see a bunch of spikes? Uh, you know, I think you absolutely can deal with this problem on a manual basis, but the biggest feedback we hear from our customers is that there is a massive hassle factor. Um, somebody needs to spend, could be an hour, two hours per week chasing this stuff down and that, and then, and that's, if, if you just have codes that you're using in your own marketing, that's one thing. But like I spoke to one of our customers the other day and they give codes out to, um, to ver basically customer evangelists. So like customers who love the product and then share the code. And it's sort of like a brand ambassador program. And they were telling me that they would shut the codes off. But then the problem was they had given the codes to their brand ambassadors. Those mm. brand ambassadors had their codes in their social profiles on their websites. So now not only do you have to have somebody on your own team spending hours a week, chasing the codes down, shutting it off, like tracking down wherever they've been mentioned and correcting them, but you create this element of friction with anybody else who's using your codes, you know, so you got to go out to your brand ambassador and say, Hey, I'm really sorry. Your code leaked to honey. I've shut it down here's a new one. Now, can you go to your website, to your Instagram, to your Facebook? Can you like replace this code everywhere you have it? And you're asking your brand ambassador to do all this work just to keep your codes under control. Mm, yeah. Now, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't work with you guys at all, but I would think too, if somebody who's relies on honey sees that honey pop up and say you, they're getting the best deal possible, it's probably pretty good too. So if you're opting out and see, and, you know, getting honey to do that, I would, I would think that would be a positive. Yeah. I mean, we, we've found, we've looked really hard at what our the usage of our product does to cart completion, because obviously one of the questions we get from retailers is, does this hurt conversion rates? And we've seen that it really doesn't, um, you know, customers are just as likely to buy and when you factor in the massive amount of revenue that you can save by shutting these extensions down, and, and then you factor in the, that you're not really hurting your conversion rates, it's a total win-win. And most of our customers are seeing at least a seven or eight X return on their investment. So if somebody has a Shopify plus store and they, you know, they're thinking this sounds pretty good. 
how should they get started? How should they contact you or, or get a hold of clean.io? Yeah, well, we, we like to make it as simple as possible. So our company name is our URL. <laughs> clean.io is the website. Just head there and you'll see right in the main navigation that our product is called Clean Cart. Click on that. And on that page, you can enter your email address and fill out a form and request a 14 day free trial. And I think that's really the best way to get started is to just test the product out and see, you know, we report back on how much revenue you're saving, how many coupons have been attempted. You know, even if you just do the 14 day free trial, you're going to learn a lot about how customers are using your codes and whether or not you have a problem. So it's, it's a real no lose proposition. Okay. And then after that, it is it a monthly flat fee based on the number of users or number of coupons you're blocking? What's what's the pricing structure? Yeah, it's a monthly flat fee based on the number of orders you process on your site orders, every okay. month. Yeah, okay. so we have three different pricing tiers based on order volume. And um, like I said, most companies can expect to see us like a seven seven x return is average. Well, that's a that's a great return. So who wouldn't want that? And again, it looks like you do offer a fourteen day free trial. So that's fantastic. So before we wrap it up, is there anything that you can think that I didn't ask where you're like, man, I can't believe you didn't ask that. Well, I'll, not so much the question, but I'll share a little story. Love Just, stories. Um, because sometimes I, I think there's this perception that, that sh shutting down coupon extensions is not consumer friendly. And I, the story I like to share is, is an example of why shoppers should also care about this, um, which is that we see a lot of codes that get tested because we're on the back end of these sites. And some of the codes I see are things like military hero 30, mm -hmm. uh, hero teacher 20, uh, healthcare worker. We see employee discounts. Um, you know, these are obviously codes that are not intended for everybody to use. And the story I always share is would you ever walk in to a restaurant and say, hi, I'm in the army. I see you have a discount for veterans. Can I get 20% off my lunch? You know, I certainly hope most people wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Um, it just seems like morally and ethically wrong. And yet when we use these extensions and we're using codes that were not intended for us, it's that's in effect what we're doing. And, and I just think it's wrong. Um, you know, just because the, a business gave a code to one person doesn't mean that everyone should have it. Uh, and I think it's unfair to retailers, especially in a year with COVID when online business, uh, you know, e-commerce is one of the only lifelines a lot of these companies have had to survive. And so if we want our favorite businesses to still be around when this is all over, we really need to think about, you know, the implications of using these extensions. I will add that, you know, the, the biggest example I have of like the worst case and how this really hurts a company is my CEO found one code through one of these extensions and it was on a men's apparel website and it was a code for $75 off your purchase, but whoever set it up neglected to set a floor for the purchase price. Mm -hmm. So if you could make an unlimited number of purchases at $75 or under and get every single thing you got for free. Wow. And you know, he, he tested it and ordered something immediately returned it because he's a good guy. Um, and he also contacted the company to let them know about the problem. But if you think about that, it's not even worth it to return the items because the cost of the return is going to put them further in the hole. It's just, it's a horrible, horrible situation for any retailer to have to be in. 
and the harm it does is, is real. So I think it's important to remember that. I know that's definitely some food for thought and, um, you know, a worthwhile thing to check out if you see a spike or are concerned about these coupon extensions affecting your business. So that is it for today. Remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding Kathleen or connecting with Clean Diet IO in order to seize control from third-party coupon extensions, you can contact her through how she just mentioned, and I'll also put a link below in the show notes. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business using paid ads, request to join the Make Each Click Count Facebook group. I've been releasing some new free live trainings, and more will be happening soon. In the meantime, remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing, and I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.